but when my presence fell, you became the church. So, and I was like, yes, come on, power in the body. So um, I just want to welcome you guys. Uh, we have, uh, Jordan's got a word over the church that I just wanted him to come up and share. And we just got it. The Lord's been falling today in an amazing way. And there's a couple, wor- there's a couple people he just wants to love on today. So um, it's kind of a weird way where this word came from. I was at a church conference yesterday, and I was thinking of a, a song that's by a, he's kind of a satanic heavy metal guy, Dio, if you know who he is. <laughs> he has a song, Dio, it, he has a song called uh, Rainbow in the Dark. I couldn't figure out why that kept playing in my head and why I kept hearing that title. So I asked God about it, and he said, um, God said he called us to be the rainbow in the darkness of the world, and that a rainbow is like a, um, it's a white pure light that is broken into the many beautiful diverse colors that it has. And God is calling us, the church, to be that rainbow because he is, it is his pure light that is broken into those diverse colors. And all those various gifts and personalities of God is what we are. And we are going to combine together in unity and we're going to come back into the white fullness of God and break through the darkness of this world through the many diverseness of this people. I received that. Love it. it. You just don't think color is light, but that's amazing. So, um, I have a word for you, Dave, that the Lord was um, speaking, and it's for your whole family, all 13. <laughs> Biggest family. But um, I just really, and Matt actually doesn't know I'm going to say this yet, because yesterday Matt came to me. He said, someone's going to have an issue with their hip and their legs, and I feel like God wants to heal them. And your wife, I go up to today, and that's actually what's going on. Um, so the first thing is, is we're just going to pray. And um, you guys just stand in the gap for her because I know that she knows God is a healer. And the second thing is the Lord just wanted to remind you and your family that this is your family. And you, don't, you can bring anything to the doorstep. And we're going to walk with you. Anything. So let's just pray for Barb. Let's just stand in the gap and just believe. So, Lord, we just thank you for Barb. We thank you that your healing power is just flowing through her. We thank you that her hips are just, you know, just like a teenager again. I thank you that she has full mobility. I thank you that pain, you have no place there, that you flee. I thank you, Lord, that she is just going to be running and jumping, and she's, it, it's going to be a blessing. She's going to be a mom that's going to be able to bless all these awesome children that God has placed in her hands. So I just thank you for David barb at this time i thank you lord that you bring favor to their household you bring rest to their household and you bring abundant provision to their household in jesus name amen so good well amy's got a couple announcements of some things that are going on so you guys can welcome her up good morning so this is not in the announcements but um the other day we went to goodwill I was trying to find Halloween stuff for the kids. But anyway, the kids both found a book. Leah found a cookbook that um, has all this crazy stuff in this, you know, super hard to make. So she talked me into making these cookies last night, which took forever. Um, And they're not super delicious, but they're okay. But um, anyway, they're rainbow cookies, which ties right into what um, Jordan was saying. So um, we're going to bring some of those with us to the Halloween gathering today, just as a reminder of that word. Um, All right, so on the backs of your chairs, you will see um, uh, envelope for giving um, for today. And then um, back at the back table, there are um, some cards. If this is your first time here, we have not yet connected with you. Please fill out one of those and turn it into the back table. Um, 
And then anything that you guys need prayer for, we'd love to partner with you. Please fill one of those out. Um, turn that in. And please let us know um, how God answers those prayers. And um, just we want to know um, how he's working in your lives. Um, okay, candy bars for Halloween. Um, we're still collecting. Actually, today's the last day for full-size candy bars. Um, we want to bless the kids of this community, so um, we'll be handing those. Well, I won't be, but I'm sure Sarah and the youth group will be handing those out um, on Thursday at the Lion's Den. Um, if you did not bring them with you to church today and you still want to give, you can bring them to the Halloween Connect today, which is my next announcement. That is today at 4 o'clock at Jared and Kaylee's. Um, we will be doing a hayride. It's happening, 4.30, hayride. Yeah. Um, dinner to follow that, so bring a dish to pass. Feel free to wear costumes. Um, and that's it. We'll see you there. And Matt's going to come forward with a tithe message for us today. Good morning. Sarah, Sarah stole my thunder with that whole thing this morning, so I just, I'm nothing. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> actually, um, that was actually different than what I was feeling. I don't know. I was on the way home last night when we were driving, and I was just sitting there, and I, I never have this, but I had knee pain, the, uh, my right knee. This is, yeah, left, right, yeah. Right knee. <laughs> and um, I'm looking at you guys. I'm like, wait, yeah. Um, right knee, but it shot down to the heel and into like the top of my foot and that and it was like really quick and it was it was there for like two minutes and then same pain over on the right uh, on my left yeah left knee sorry <laughs> I can't figure out my way left knee and I feel like somebody's just going through not just like leg pain but like I feel like it's it's specific to knees like there's something that's like I don't know if it's arthritis or something that's going on and maybe it's not here maybe there's somebody that's normally here that does is feeling that but you know we're just going to do this we're just going to um we're going to pray but i want you know, i want you to i'm going to read this to you guys first before i do tithe it says jesus set out from there to go to a non-jewish region of tyre he intended to slip into the house unnoticed but people found him where he was but when a woman whose daughter had a demon spirit heard he was there she came and threw herself at his feet she said she was not jewish but a foreigner born apart from syria in uh, phoenicia she begged him and repeatedly asked him to cast the demon out of her daughter. He said, My first priority is the children to be fed and satisfied, for it is not fair to take the children's bread and throw it into the little dogs. And then she answered, and this is some boldness right here from this woman. She answered him, and she's standing in front of Jesus. She knows who he is. She knows that he is God. And she's like, That is true, Lord. But even puppies under the family table are allowed to eat the little crumbs that fall off the table. And Jesus said to her, that's a good reply. <laughs> now because you said this, you may go. And the demon was permanently gone from her daughter. Yeah. And some of you may know this, some of you not, but the children's bread is always referred to as healing in the Bible. And what are we? We are the sons and we are the daughters of God. So when we have the right, we come to the table and we have the right to eat of the bread of healing in our life. So if you guys are dealing with anything, if, if we I haven't called out, Sarah didn't say anything, right now we're just, we're just going to pray, and we're just going to believe that God is just going to work, and he's going to heal whatever we're going through right now. So let's just pray. Father, we just thank you right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you, God, that you are the master physician, God. We thank you that you 
are the healer. And right now, God, in the name of Jesus, we just, we bind infirmity and we say, be gone in the name of Jesus. We thank you. Healing comes into our bodies. We thank you. Health comes into our bodies. And we reject the thought of, of sickness. We reject sickness in our bodies. We reject the thought of, of nothing but complete health. And we just thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So, yeah, pass the buckets. Thank you. So I just wanted to talk to you guys. Think about this. Tithing is this. is We're just we're giving back to God what is, is already his. We're, we're showing him that we have love for him and we have submission to him. And it's really nothing more than just we love God and this is what we do. So let's pass the bucket and we'll go from there. So, All right. So if you guys didn't notice, I'm not preaching. My wife's already been up here. So and she's got her heels on anyway. So she's not preaching, but she just wore heels anyway. Um, but today, uh, if you guys didn't see it on Facebook, you didn't see what we posted, we have Richard Annis with us from the UK, King's Church. Yeah, give it up. Um, so what you guys may not know is we had Billy Kennedy here a couple months ago, or about a month ago, a little over a month ago, and two months ago. Wow, it's been that long already. Um, so we had Billy Kennedy here, and he helps lead um, Pioneer, and Billy is over our area for Pioneer for the International. But Richard is part of the Pioneer Core Leadership Team, and... He is going to be uh, bringing a great message for us today. So I'm excited for it. So you guys give it up for him as he comes up. Cool. So um, just really excited to, to look at the Word of God together. Before we do that, I thought I'd just introduce myself a little bit to you. So I think we have a picture of my family who I have left back home. There they are. Can you see that? Um, so uh, that's us being really artistic and creative because I don't know if you can tell, but we're recreating the bridge that is um, behind us. Um, so um, next to me there is my wife Judith. Um, Judith and I co-lead um, King's Church in Manchester in the northwest of England um, and um, Judith's also on the, the core team of Pioneer with me. Um, we look after the northern region of England um, and then also I look after um, training and theological development within the network. Um, then we've got Nathan, our youngest. Um, he's now turned, just turned 14. Um, Josie, she's about to turn 18, and Luke, who is at university, he's just turned 20, um, and he's done at university. That picture was taken in Bristol in the southwest of England, um, where he's at university. We all went for the day to visit him. And he's studying to be an engineer and is therefore mad about bridges, hence he took us um, to see the Clifton Suspension Bridge there. So that's us. Um, I have with me today Dami. Dami is also from... Um, King's Church. Um, he, him and his wife are part of our leadership team and Dami does an absolutely amazing job looking after our admin and operations within um, the church. So it's great that he's been able to um, come out and be with me. Um, I did say um, to the guys down at the Point Church where we've been the last couple of days, he's a poor substitute for my wife, um, <laughs> but he's nevertheless a great friend um, to have with me on this trip. So... Um, 
yeah, let's, let's look at the Bible together. Um, we're going to look at the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah, and I'm going to start in chapter 1. Um, so if you're familiar with Jeremiah, if you're not familiar with um, Jeremiah, Jeremiah is one of the um, you know, best-known prophets in the Old Testament of the Bible. And so when we think of Jeremiah, um, we immediately think of someone who is able to hear God. We immediately think of someone who, you know, he, he's like one of God's men of power for the hour. He's like super anointed. He's like um, been appointed as prophet to the nations. And so we would, we would typically think, well, Jeremiah, he's always going to know what God is saying. Okay. Um, but let's, let's just read a little bit from Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 4. It says, The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am too young. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. And then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. So this is, this is like a, a super anointed guy, right? This is like, you know, someone who knows how to move in the power of the Holy Spirit. This is someone, it's one of those people, you may know one or two of them today, but you know those people that they just always know what God is saying. Like you can, you can just go up to them and they're just like, this is what the Lord is saying. And, and, and Jeremiah, he's, he's this kind of guy. He knows how to hear God. But then we read this, verse 11. The word of the Lord came to me. What do you see, Jeremiah? I see the branch of an almond tree, I replied. The Lord said to me, you've seen correctly, for I am watching to see that my word is fulfilled. The word of the Lord came to me again. What do you see? I see a pot that is boiling, I answered. It is tilting towards us from the north. And the Lord said to me, from the north, disaster will be poured out on all who live in the land. And so the prophetic word goes on. Turn to Jeremiah chapter 24. And we'll read from verse 1. After Jehoiachin, son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, and the officials, the skilled workers, and the craftsmen of Judah were carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon by Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, the Lord showed me two baskets of figs placed in front of the temple of the Lord. One basket had very good figs, like those that ripen early, and the other basket had very bad figs, so bad that they could not be eaten. And then the Lord said to me, what do you see, Jeremiah? Figs, I answered. The good ones are very good, but the bad ones are so bad that they cannot be eaten. And then the word of the Lord came to me. And this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. And so he goes on to prophesy. And it struck me, reading this, that it was kind of weird that God would ask Jeremiah what he saw. Because God just gave Jeremiah a picture. It's like, you know, me putting an image on the screen and saying, what can you see? 
if I put the picture there, I know what you can see, right? I, I, just, gave, I just showed you the picture. So why, am I, why is God asking Jeremiah, what do you see, Jeremiah? And if Jeremiah is this amazing anointed prophet of God who's been appointed as prophet to the nations, uh, and you know his words are going to build up and tear down, and he's this, he's this incredible anointed guy, then why is it that he's having to have a conversation with God about what he sees? Surely Jeremiah could have just gone straight into the situation and said, this is what the Lord says. I'm going to bring disaster from the north. This is what the Lord says. This is what I'm going to do in the nation. He knows how to prophesy, and yet he's having a conversation with God about what he can see. God has chosen that there should be some kind of process going on through conversation with Jeremiah where he's talking about and interacting with God about what he sees and what that means. And in that second passage, so much so that he's like, well, this is what I see. And the, and the, the bad things were like this and the good things were like that. And, and then and God starts to describe to him what that means. And actually, this is really interesting, but something really similar happens for Ezekiel and for Amos and for Zechariah. All amazing prophets who end up having conversations with God about what they're seeing and what it might mean. God is well able to move powerfully through any of us in the moment. He's well able to, to, to cause someone to spontaneously prophesy and bring forth his word. And yet sometimes God has designed it that we would have to slow down. That we would have to slow down and have a conversation with him. Because it's not for his benefit, but for our benefit, that he sometimes draws us into a process of conversation, of reflection, of interaction with him in relationship, so that we can be clear about what God has to say to us. If you're ever driving down the freeway, yeah, and, and you're going, I don't know, what, what's the speed limit on the freeway? 70. Okay, so none of you have ever driven faster than 70, obviously. Um, not in this church, no, absolutely not. Um, the first time I drove in America, I got a speeding ticket, but anyway, that, that, that's another subject. Uh, I didn't do it on purpose. Um, so, so if you're driving down the freeway at speed, have you noticed you, you don't, tend to really kind of like notice the details of what you can see the especially around here you can see the vast kind of flat open countryside going for miles all around but you don't tend to notice necessarily all the, all the little wildlife at the side of the road because you're traveling at speed and and things are a little bit of a blur you don't notice you know when you go past the signs have you ever noticed have you ever stopped and noticed how big those signs are um, by the sides of the roads they have to be big because they know that if they're small you're not going to see them you're not going to be able to read them because you're traveling fast yeah so when you're traveling fast, it's hard to notice the details of what's going on around you. Well, last summer, my family and I went on a vacation, and, and I think we have a picture of this. Um, we went on a vacation on a canal boat. Now, this is typical English countryside, um, and that's my son um, on the roof of the boat. Um, there were seven of us living in this space um, for a week on the boat, um, we took my parents with us as well. Um, we were ready for the end of the holiday. Um, 
by the time we'd spent a week together. Um, but these boats, traveling up and down England's canals, travel at a top speed of three to four miles per hour. So traveling along at three to four miles an hour, we discovered that you could notice a whole lot more detail about what was going on around you. So for example, um, there was a heron. Um, we were traveling at three or four miles an hour. We had time to get the camera. Um, we had time to notice the detail and interact with it. In fact, we were so grateful for anything happening um, <laughs> that we gave it plenty of attention. If we'd have been traveling down the freeway in our car at 70 miles an hour, we probably never would have got a photo of that heron. We probably never would have noticed that heron. There could well be that kind of wildlife at the side of the freeway, but you don't, maybe the passenger might just catch a fleeting glance as you go past. But you miss things when you're going too fast. And we need sometimes to slow down, slow down enough to even have a conversation with God what is it that you're showing me? That we would even hear him say to us, what do you see, son? What do you see, my daughter? What, you, what is it that I'm showing you? And he already knows. Of course he does. He already knows what's going on in your circumstance. He already knows what's, what, what he's written in his word. He doesn't need you to tell him what it says in the Bible. And yet he wants you to tell him what you've read in the Bible. He wants you to tell him what you noticed, the circumstances that you wondered if he might be talking to you through them. He wants you to, to tell him the, the prophetic word that someone gave you and you weren't sure if it was prophetic or not. Well, then talk to him about it. He wants that process. He wants us to take time to interact with him. In John 10 and verse 27, Jesus says, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. It's like this intimate relationship that Jesus is talking about. My sheep, they listen to me. We talk together. What is God saying to you? And how does God communicate with you? How does God speak to you? For Jeremiah, in these instances, he received pictures. He saw, I don't know if they were just kind of um, images in his mind's eye or if they were if it was like it was actually there in front of him, I don't know, but he, he sees something. For many of us, we, we have that kind of thing going on, don't we? That, that sense of a mental picture. We might not have a, a, a complete, some people have kind of almost like trance-like visions, but for many of us, it's more like a, a mental image in our mind, isn't it? It's like a sense of a picture that God might be um, showing us. Um, for, for some of us, it's, it's, it's like a feeling, it's like a conviction, and, and it's like over time we learn to tell the difference between when it's God giving us that conviction and when it was really just my idea um, that I really wanted. And actually, sadly, sometimes it takes a few times of getting it wrong for us to learn from experience the difference between when it's God and when it's me. But when we talk to him about that, when we, when we pay attention to those times, instead of just ignoring them, that's how we grow in our experience. God, of course, speaks to us through the scriptures. So he speaks to us through the Bible. Um, he's got so much that he said through the Bible, and yet the Holy Spirit comes and applies the Bible to our lives. And so he wants to talk to us about what we're reading. 
not just to, I, I don't know if you, if you follow a, a reading plan. Um, I follow a reading plan and, and it's on a, an app on my phone. And, and I, I love the fact that when you get to the end of the reading, you get to tick the complete box. Um, but of course, the danger is that I can be just like, oh yeah, I've got to do my reading today um, so that I can tick that box and I, I've finished my reading and I can feel like, yeah, I've done well and I'm going to have a lucky day today because I've done my lucky Bible reading. Um, and, and it can just become, rather than, actually, this is an opportunity to slow down. This is an opportunity to slow down and to talk to God about what he's chosen to have recorded in his word, that it would make an impact on my life, that it would make some difference to me. That when I read the stuff that I feel uncomfortable with, that maybe it was written in a really different culture, and I don't know quite how that translates, and of course I can study and I can read commentaries, but also I can talk to the author. I can talk to him. I feel uncomfortable about this. I can be real with him. This is what I feel like I'm seeing Help me, Holy Spirit, talk to me about what I'm reading. We can hear God, can't we, through fellow believers, through our brothers and sisters in the body. We can hear them through words of encouragement. We love that, don't we? We can hear them through words of encouragement. We can also hear them through words of correction. Yeah, we don't enjoy that quite so much, do we? Um, but we can hear them. And sometimes they might say, I really feel like God's saying this. I really, you know, says the Lord, um, you know, I'm going to do great things. And, but sometimes it doesn't come that way. Sometimes it's like, hey, I was just thinking the other day that you're really good at this. And that could just as much be from the Lord. Or they might say, you know, I was just noticed the other day you were a little bit harsh when you talked to so-and-so. And I just wondered if they might have felt a bit hurt. But, and that might be the Lord. And you might be really annoyed. Oh, how could you tell me that? You know, that's not fair. You're just, being, you're just being judgmental towards me. But maybe you need to go and slow down and have a conversation with the Holy Spirit and say, hey, you know, today so-and-so said to me that I was being a little bit harsh. Can we just talk about that? Is that true? Was that you speaking to me through them? You see, he wants to talk to us all the time. He wants to communicate with us all the time. And he doesn't want us to miss the things that he's showing us because we were traveling too fast. Because we were rushing on past those moments that he's given us in our lives to enable us to hear him speaking to us. So I just want to finish um, with um, three areas. Um, there are obviously more than this, but three key areas that I believe God wants to speak to all of us about all of the time. Um, and therefore, hopefully these might be little kind of like prompts for us to remind us to slow down, to stop rushing past our Bible readings or the, the things that God shows us, the things we wonder, could that be God? Um, to slow down enough to talk to him and, and describe what we're seeing and hear what he's got to say about it. So the first one is this. Um, God wants to speak to us about our contentment. Now, that sounds great, doesn't it? Because, you know, that sounds nice. We all want to be content um, in life. Um, but what I mean by that in particular is this. Paul said, the apostle in the Bible, he said um, that he had learned to be content in every circumstance and situation of life. That his contentment didn't depend on whether he had loads of cash or whether he had none. 
His contentment didn't depend on whether everything was going great in his ministry or whether he'd been thrown into prison. His contentment didn't depend on his circumstance, whether the tent-making business was thriving and in profit or whether he was really struggling to make ends meet. His contentment was in his relationship with God. And God wants to talk to us about our relationship with him all of the time. Not just the kind of big stuff like, I want you to move here, or I want you to go for this job, or I want you to, you know, um, start this ministry, but the little details of an everyday relationship. He cares about how close you guys are. He cares about how close you are to him. He cares about whether it's been a while since we last spoke. He cares about whether you're feeling confident in your relationship with him whether you're feeling able to hear him speak. He cares about all of those things because he knows that you will be your most fulfilled. You will be the person that he created you to be when you are in deep relationship and fellowship with him. He cares about the state of your relationship. And the next two things that he wants to talk to you about are going to flow from that are going to flow from the state of your relationship with him. So he wants you to find complete contentment in him so that your relationship with him is enough for you no matter what else is going off in your life. No matter what pressures you're facing, no no matter what illness you've encountered in your own life or in the lives of other people around you, no matter what financial hardship you may or may not be going through, no matter what your circumstances, what opposition you may be facing in the workplace, slanderous things that may be being said about you, opposition that you may be facing for your faith, whatever it is, that that cannot move you ultimately because you are secure in your relationship with him. And so he wants to talk to you about that all of the time. So firstly, your contentment. Secondly, um, God really wants to talk to you about your character. Sorry about that, but it's true. He cares deeply about your character. And I have to say, he cares more about your character than he does about your comfort. He cares more about your character than he does about your comfort. Because you see, he created you and me to look like him. God's purpose has always been that he would be known in the earth. God's purpose has always been that he wouldn't be a distant and far off remote kind of God, but that he would be an intimate God with whom people can have relationship. And the way he reveals himself in our world is through you and me by transforming our lives so that we begin to look more and more like him so that people around us can look at us and see something of him. And because he loves the people in your life so much, because he loves your family members and your um, you know, school um, you know, friends at school, uh, your friends at college, because he loves your, your colleagues, your workmates, people in your family, because he loves the people of this village and the surrounding area, he cares desperately that you look more and more like him. That he would put more of his character on display through your life, that people can look at you and see something more of him. And so if there's something in your character that isn't currently reflecting him, and let's be honest, we've all got those things, 
then he cares enough to want to talk to you about that. He's not ever going to say, hey, we don't need to worry about that. He's not ever going to say, hey, we don't need to. I'm not interested in that area of your life. You just keep going in that area and, and I'll, just, I'll just worry about Sunday mornings. <laughs> he cares passionately about your character. And that's a good thing, isn't it? He wants to help us to be transformed into his image. And he is well able to transform us into his image. And so he's got stuff to say to us all the time. He'll be showing you things all the time. If you'll slow down enough and notice. If you'll pay attention to what he's saying to you. If you'll listen for the little clues in conversations or in circumstance or things that you've read in the Bible or pictures that he's given you. And if you'll take that seriously enough to go back to him and say, God, this is what I'm seeing. Talk to me about that. What does it mean? He wants to talk to you about your contentment. He wants to talk to you about your character. And thirdly, he wants to talk to you about your commission. He wants to talk to you about your commission. He cares passionately that your friends, your neighbors, um, I guess I've kind of realized that around here your neighbors don't live quite as close. Um, <laughs> some do. <laughs> cool. Um, but he wants to talk to you about your neighbors. He wants to talk to you about the people you work with, about your family members. He wants them to hear the gospel. He cares passionately about this whole region receiving the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not just some dead religion, not just some um, doctrinal theory, but a real living gospel about a relationship with Jesus, about intimacy with him, about his power at work in our lives, about healing, about miracles, signs and wonders. He cares passionately that people know him for who he is and get to fall in love with him and get to spend eternity with him. And he wants to talk to you about that all the time. And he wants to talk to you about specific people. He wants to have a conversation with you about your neighbor and how you can best reach your neighbor. I mean, why do we do that? Why do we kind of go away and try and work it out all on our own when the person we're trying to reach is known perfectly by God himself? And he knows exactly what they need to hear. And he knows exactly how to reach them. He knows if for that person it's going to be best if you just spend a whole year just faithfully serving them first through acts of kindness, softening up the ground. He knows that this person over here just needs a word of knowledge about a very specific situation and it'll unlock a door in their life and they'll be ready to receive the gospel. He knows that this person over here is in desperate need of healing and he can give you a word of knowledge to go and bring healing into their life. He knows everyone perfectly. And so why wouldn't he talk to us about the mission that he wants to partner with us in. He wants to talk to us all of the time. He's a God who speaks. Aren't you glad you have a relationship with a God who speaks, who doesn't leave us on our own, but wants to have conversation with us? There are things that God wants to show you all of the time about your contentment, about your character, about your commission, and lots more besides. The question is, what do you see? What is God showing you? And will you slow down enough, instead of rushing past those moments, will you slow down enough to have a conversation with him about what he's showing you? Should we pray?
we thank you, Lord, that you are the God who speaks. Lord, if you didn't speak, then none of us would be here. But you enabled us to hear you. You enabled us to hear the truth of your gospel. And we came into a relationship with you. And Lord, we ask you to forgive us if we've ever kind of like taken that for granted and and not spent enough time listening to you and talking to you. And we ask you to help us by your spirit to grow in our ability to hear you and to discern what you are saying. To grow closer in our relationship with you so that we're familiar with your voice. We want to be your sheep that know your voice because we know you and we listen to you. And Lord God, we invite more of your voice into our lives, Lord God. We say we want to hear you more. We want to talk to you more. We want to grow in our, in our talking with you, Lord God. So we say yes to whatever you want to show us, Lord God. And we say, Lord, we will give ourselves to taking time to talk with you about the things that you're showing us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.